Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. is up everybody welcome to this november 15th edition of big drive energy i am your host at big drive spence along with my co-host brother friend at big drive mitch today we're going to touch on camillo villegas being back i think it's we'll get into it but it's a b it's villegas yeah it's we'll we'll get into the correct correct pronunciation from the pronunciation guide and then we'll really sort this out. We're also going to talk about Max Homa winning in Africa. We're going to discuss the new a new golf league that's in its going to be in its second year that possibly you listening to this podcast could Winners play in. Possibly you. And then we're also going to get to the last event of the PGA Tour season is coming up this week. Uh, what it means for a lot of players. Uh, are they going to be in? Are they going to be out? Are they going to be out of a job next year? Are they going to be going back to Q school? Are they going to be going back to the Corn Ferry Tour? Um, all that and much more. Plus, we're going to debut a new segment called Mulligan of the Week. So this is going to be a segment where we take something from our past week and wish we that we wish we could do over, and we're going to take a mulligan and see how it turns up. And this is all brought to you by it our great friends over at pins and aces i'm rocking the pins and aces waffle hoodie right now they just did a massive sale uh 40 off all outerwear they're going crazy for black friday make sure to check it out at pinsandaces.com uh they're always releasing new stuff they've got these new mystery boxes that they just released mitchell do you want to touch on what a mystery box is yeah so basically you get to pick your size you get to pick um, basically you only get to pick your size, but you get like $230 worth of merch for like, I think it's, is it 130? I want to say, um, somewhere in that ballpark, you're getting like a huge savings on, uh, basically a box full of hats, shirts, uh, ball marks, you name it. Like, it's just the, the perfect gift for your boyfriend, for your girlfriend, anybody, you know, that's into golf. Uh, great new designs, great outerwear, like Spencer was saying. You really can't go wrong. Like, no matter what you get from pins, you can't go wrong. They make the best shit. Um, I work for them personally, so this is 
uh, a double paid ad, but <laughs> I actually, we were wearing their stuff before they even paid us to. So it's, it's fucking amazing. I love their stuff. Yeah. We've got some new TikToks coming out too. Make sure you're following us on the talk as the kids say, uh, at big drive energy. We've got some new TikToks coming out. My son debuting, uh, making his TikTok debut to our 50 plus thousand followers. So excited for that. That should be released as you're listening to this. You should be able to go to our TikTok and check that out. And all of that is presented by Pins and Aces. When they're not having sales and you want to get yourself some Pins and Aces gear to wear on the golf course, use our promo code BDE and that'll save you 15% off your entire order. All right, let's tee it up. Hello, friends. Welcome to this tradition unlike any... pronunciation guide. In Spanish, Villegas is pronounced B-Y-E-G-A-S or B-J-E-G-A-S. The official language in Colombia is Spanish. So it's it's been a debate about how his name has been pronounced, but all I see, it's funny because when you read the, the pronunciation guide, it looks like B-J-Gas, which B-J's are gas. <laughs> Yeah, uh, you, I, I'm not going to argue with that if, if we're talking about the same thing. Uh, but yeah, I would have never, like, I hardly know English well enough to really tell you how uh, to pronounce words. But I would have never thought that a V was pronounced with a B. Um, and dude, did I, I, I think this kind of goes back to uh, it's crazy. Um, it's crazy, like the... It's crazy when you're not when I'm not listening to you and you're telling me yeah. something and I just say that's crazy. Yeah, yeah, that that's so crazy. Um, no, like with with the way like Spanish words are pronounced, I I think I've brought this up to you and this is kind of like a high thought. Like you don't really think about this unless you're, uh, I don't know, in a, in some sort of like twisted state. But and Marissa, you can chime in. Have you ever realized that? the same words don't rhyme in every language. So like annotating a song from English to Spanish or vice versa or a different language, it could co completely not rhyme at all. And the, the words, just think about that. Like if you were to sing an English song in Spanish, it would sound so fucking stupid probably and vice versa. So, but half the time, if you're listening to a song in a different language, it's just more for the vibes, for the beat, not necessarily uh, for the words of the song. But have Spencer, we've talked about this before. That's crazy. 
No, I'm just kidding. Will you fucking stop looking at your phone? God damn. No, but yeah, like the the other like other you languages. literally did not listen to what i was saying i 100 percent listened to what you're saying you said they don't rhyme in other languages which if so if you're do you think people though like we listen to so let's say a spanish song but they don't like translate that for us so it's the same as as for them you know there's i think no matter what you're still hearing the rhyming sounds because you're listening to they're they as in not america are listening to the song in english so it still rhymes like we don't translate a song and then sing it that way, you know. No, so, I mean it is for, it for is sure. Wild. But at the same time, like if you go and like look up the English lyrics to a Spanish song, I bet it's hilarious. Like despacito. Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Well, remember when we were kids, we used to we used to just say songs. I think that was one of the funniest. That's the that's probably the like cleanest fun humor we used to have, and we have a lot of it, but just like you go through the lyrics of a song and you say it yeah no it it's like uh there's i don't want to give any free shout outs but there's this one girl on tiktok that's hilarious that does like npr's version of like announcing um or giving like the songs a title that they just played and she's like and that was the yin yang twins like (laughs) just fucking absolutely hilarious like and the sweat dropped down my balls. <laughs> <laughs> All these bitches crawl. Exactly. It, it is hilarious. Like this chick, whatever she's doing, she's got to keep doing it because she's great. But uh, yeah, long story short, I don't know how to pronounce Camilo Vajegas's name. Vajegas, Vajegas. Um, and I'm just going to sound like an idiot if I try to. So I'm just going to leave it there. But uh, really, really cool. Uh, gonna need one of you to sing us an example of this. <laughs> we kind of just did. Um, I'll skeet, skeet, mother. I'll skeet, <laughs> skeet. Goddamn. Yeah. Uh, I'm trying to think of another funny one that we used to. Uh, anywho, actually, I got to tell a quick funny story because in my AirPods, I'm not gonna say what Spencer said, <laughs> but for some reason my airpods like turned siri on so she was like reading me my text messages and when you say like some fucked up shit in a text message and then siri reads it to you in her like super monotone voice it is the most hilarious thing you'll ever hear so like last week spencer texted me something and i was at the gym and i was just like pissing myself uh so yeah just any any time there's like something that's super vile or just off the wall and somebody says it in the most monotone type of voice that shit hits yeah, um, well little in- inside scoop for all of you guys listening and checking us out on the youtube youtube.com big drive energy golf check it out you can see our faces and our beautiful pins and aces gear but uh we call each other chang and that's like <laughs> not it's not uh <laughs> racist at all it really isn't no, um, it's like a nickname for a dick. Yeah, it's like basically it stemmed from one morning I was hungover as shit and we were in the same bed together and not like that. Like Mitchell was in the, I mean, all right. It was just a, yeah, it was and, a rough night. I slept over at your condo and yeah, you, you came, you, you know, you cuddled up a little bit. It was like 10 in the morning. We and, go, we go butt to butt. And yeah, yeah. Yeah, dicks as far away from each other as possible. Um, and 
I just said you have to travel around the world to get back to each other, <laughs> which neither of us are clearly capable of. No, um, but so I just said this day is gonna suck, Chang. It just came out of nowhere and it stuck. We laughed our asses off five years ago, four or five years ago, and it's just the thing now. It has stuck ever since. Now, um, and I bet series rendition of Chang is pretty good. Yeah, yeah, that's very good. Uh, we have a lot of other nicknames for ourselves, so that's uh, we don't, that'll be a separate episode that we, <laughs> we we that will probably never reach the airwaves. But I want to talk a little bit about Camillo's game because he played really well last week, played really well again this week, finally got the W, and like when we talk about him not winning in nine years and only having three or two top threes in the last 10 years to somehow find your game and not give up on that. When we know what kind of a mental beat down it is to play that much golf. And really it is kind of crazy that he was in these events. I mean, as a past champion, you get some sort of status, uh, but you just kind of question, you're like, how is Camilo Vajegas still playing in PJ tour events when he legitimately has, has made like probably a dozen paychecks in 10 years, like sign me up for that job. But clearly like the guy still has it to some extent because he won this weekend down in Bermuda. Uh, the golf course looked unbelievable by the way. Like, I mean, it's Bermuda, so you're not going to find a shitty golf course in Bermuda, I'm sure. But the golf course looked unbelievable. Um, Camillo just grinded it out and I, you got to respect a guy that sticks with it for that long and uh, doesn't really give up. I mean, I'm sure there's points where he wanted to give up, but you know, like if you're deciding whether to keep playing golf for a living or do something else, I would generally say that playing golf is going to be the better option, like 10 times out of 10. So I, I see why he didn't give up, but at the same time, when you're not playing well and you're struggling through it and you're missing cuts and a lot of people forget that all your money traveling every week on on tour is coming out of your pocket to pay your caddy to pay your your expenses all of this that's none of it's paid for so you're literally spending money every week to go miss the cut play like dog shit just for the opportunity to paycheck so mad respect to him for sticking with it he was one of our favorite he was one of the first guys that spencer and i really really got into like 10, 12 years ago when we were just starting to kind of get really into golf and watch on TV. Like he was so much fun to watch. Uh, just a super athletic dude. He actually, um, I think when he took a, a short leave of absence from the PGA tour when he was hurt and he became a f professional road bike racer. So the dude is super cut, super athletic, like just super impressive. I think I've said super like 18 million times at this point. Super uh, podcasting. Just super happy for him. Super like, job. Yeah. Woo. <laughs> but now you go. <laughs> <laughs> now it's your turn. Uh, no, what's even more impressive is it's not just a 10-year layoff. Um, unfortunate news in his life is his young daughter at the time, in 2020, he announced um, that his 22-month-old daughter, Mia, was battling tumors on her brain. They didn't know what was going on. This is at a Corn Ferry Tour event. So this guy's made the trip you know, back down to the, you know, triple A, if you will, um, and just kept fighting. I think he played in the Ascendant one of the years we were there, um, either two years ago or 
it wasn't this past year for sure, but like two I years ago. The, I think it's just the ascent. No, the ascent, the ascendant. It was. It's called the ascendant at like whatever the. the I thought it was like, the ascent. No, well, look that up because you're wrong, but I, I'm pretty sure I'm right. Nonetheless, he played in that event, or he played on the Corn Ferry Tour for a couple of years. Um, his daughter passed away, and his wife like urged him to get back to the game and uh, get back to playing professional golf because you know I can't even imagine the feeling of that in general. But the fact is, is like a lot of the times, us as humans, we're better off keeping our minds busy and not, you know, sitting around and, and sulking and doing things that you normally wouldn't do to make something as tragic as that work out. So his wife urged him to get back to golf. Um, and, you know, he, like you talked about, hasn't won since 2014. Uh, he won the Wyndham Championship in 2014. And we've got, I've got some interesting notes from 2014 here. The number one song in 2014 when he won was Rude by Magic. Do you remember that song? I was actually, okay, you're right. It is The Ascendant. I thought it was The Ascent. Thank you. Uh, credit to you. Um, yeah, I fucking hated that song. Like when it, Why you, why you got to be so rude? Yeah. It, Don't you that's know I'm human too? That's a terrible song. I actually, so I looked up the Billboard Top 100 from that week. Um, so the, I'll list the top 10 songs real quick. And it's kind of weird because music is one of those things that, uh, transfers through generations. Like you don't really stop listening to, to music and start listening to new music. It just depends. But music is one of those things that's kind of stays with you forever. If you like a song, it doesn't matter how long ago it came out. Uh, but stay with me by Sam Smith. Uh, say this is when Sam Smith had his uh his his day in the the sunshine or year whatever. Uh, Fancy by Iggy Azalea, Am I Wrong by Nico and Vins, um, Problem by Ariana Grande, Bang Bang by Jesse J. Not sure who that is. <laughs> uh, Maps by Maroon Five. I love Maroon Five. I, I is that a <laughs> Is that a lame take? Like, I think Maroon 5 hits. It's, it's, they make like timeless music. You could listen to their shit, whatever. I, I think they, they're, I, I don't know if you could say they're underrated, but I think they're very good. Um, All About That Bass by Megan Trainer. This was her um, coming out party. And then Chandelier by Sia and Latch by Disclosure. I don't know oh, if I know. I, I love that song. That's one of my favorites. Let's hear it. Sing it. Uh, it's well, it's uh, it's like an electronic song, but Disclosure is it? It's now I got you in my space. I'm latching oh. onto you. Okay. <laughs> okay. Yeah. So that is a good song. That's also featuring Sam Smith. Yeah. Um, it's a banger. Absolutely. I banger. think I think you could have hit a little bit higher of a, a tone there. Um, you kind of just sang it in a very like you're, well, you're I was just a little nervous, very talented. To be honest, you're what? I was a little nervous. My legs <laughs> See, I, a little bit. In my opinion, I I think in that second line you said I'm latching on to you. I hear I won't let go of you. Oh now, no! Then later on, I'm I'm pretty sure it's is that. it both? Okay, I think, I think you're right. <laughs> I, so yes, that is actually still like a very popular song. 
Yeah, that was one. That's an all timer for me, to be honest. That was yeah. Like a, no, that is a very very good song. Um, you you were into the electronic dance music back then. Is that when Skrillex was like a big deal? Yeah, I mean, I started I started going to a lot of concerts right around that 2014, basically between 2012 and 2014. Once I graduated high school, um, I can tell you this: I played a shitload more golf in 2014 than I I have in the last probably. I played more golf in 2014 than I probably have in the last five years combined. Uh, that that was like the peak of my golfing career. I think at the time I was like a plus four um playing pretty good golf so that that always helps but i was 19 years old at the time uh if that gives you any ideas to what you're uh, i'm 28 years old now so i'm an old bag of shit big big surprise you lift me up when the rest of me is down you you enchant me even when you're not around if there are boundaries i will try to knock them down i'm latching on babe now i know that i have found Wow. It's like a Bible verse, kind of. It does. That's that's deep. <laughs> that is some deep shit there. Oh god, you're such a tool. Okay. Um, well, also from 2014, the most popular movie, Guardians of the Galaxy and Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Also, August 2014 was the month and year that Robin Williams died, which seems like not that long ago. No, that is crazy. He died that long ago. One of the best movies of all time, Miss Doubtfire, indubitably. And then we we used to watch Miss Doubtfire like it was our job. And he's also got a great skit about golf, a great com- comedic skit about golf. And basically, they they called golf golf because all the other four letter words were taken. And uh, it's Robin Williams is a is like he's like Mount Rushmore of comedy but also an actor like he's yeah. got to be the all-time like on that mount rushmore of like do, can do a comedy skit which is a very different type of vibe and then also go into a movie and and act like mrs like it's just incredible he's, he's yeah an like mount rushmore of like most talented like entertainers of all time because he could make anybody laugh we still quote miss doubtfire to this day so I love uh, Robin Williams. Like the vacuum scene is all time for me when he uh, do this like a lady. I'm not singing it. Uh, you, or is it you look like a lady or do this like? I think it's do it. Do this. Okay. When he's dancing with the vacuum. Like a lady. Yeah. 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 That's do fucking. Like a lady. That is a, a great, great uh, song. Great movie. Help is on the way, dear. <laughs> like that is. Spencer still says that to his wife like all the time when he's coming home from work to help them deal with their infant child. Yeah, he's fucking sick right now. It's a treat. Um, anyway, so let's get back to golf. Uh, Camilo Viegas is 41 years old, winning on tour. Um, and I just kind of looking up his career in general, and he wasn't just like decent. He won the tour championship in 2008. That Holy is shit. like a mind blower. When we were like, that was when we were, you know, deep in the thicks. I was 15 years old. That was when golf was absolutely taking off for us. And of course, he's got the great nickname, the Spider-Man, because of the way he is, the way he putts or reads putts. 
Um, and then he, you know, he's so old that he was on the President's Cup team as a captain last or two years ago. And now he's back to winning PGA Tour events. And we've kind of seen a track record of this the last, you know, four or five years as we've been, you know, the last three, especially as we've been doing a weekly podcast and kind of keeping track of all the different tours and who's winning is these guys that come out of nowhere after they had basically, he had a complete career that could have ended, you know, happily in 2013, 2014. Uh, you know, he could have won the Wyndham and had like, I think he has five career wins, won a tour championship. Um, that's almost like a trivia question because he's like, he was so out of everybody's mind for the last 10 to 15 years. And now he's coming back and like you said, played really well at the Worldwide Technology Championship and then comes back and wins at, at Bermuda. Um, yeah, well, and the crazy thing is that you don't even realize is how young he was when he actually had the really good portion of his career, where if he could have extended that, you know, further and, and kept that pace up, he probably, I don't know if he'd be in conversations for the Hall of Fame, but he now has five PGA Tour wins. And I think anybody, you know, that gets to like eight, 10 wins is kind of in the conversation. The Golf Hall of Fame is a little bit questionable um, in general of, you know, who gets in, whatever. But Spencer, let me ask you this. Take a gander, all things considered. So he played in like early, mid-2000s when he played well. What do you think his career earnings are on the PGA Tour? His career earnings on the PGA Tour, I would guess around $17 million. 22.7 million. So he, I mean, over his career, he's got 42 top tens on the PGA tour. Like that's no, no slouch by any means. So he, he's played in 388 events. So if you're thinking specifically, like say he plays in 30 events a year, that's like 12 years straight of 30 events and nobody plays in, th I don't even think there is 30 events. So he's, he's one of the more longest, longer tenured guys in on the tour now like to see that kind of resurgence is wild to me and i even thought about picking him and it makes me sick like i saw his name down at the bottom of the odds he was plus like fifteen thousand, or even maybe higher than that and i did consider throwing him out there but that's one of those things where when you're making like gambling picks on golf you can throw out a name like that. And if it hits, everyone's like, you're a fucking genius. But if it doesn't hit, everyone thinks you're the stupidest person on the planet for picking a dude that hasn't won in almost 10 years and is virtually irrelevant in the golf world up until these last two weeks. So I decided not to, of course, and I should have tweeted out like verbal is binding there, uh, but it didn't happen. I didn't pick him and he won. So that's just, that is like the, uh, basically in a nutshell my my golf gambling skill well we gamble every week on golf and on other sports at bet365 use promo code all city when you head over to bet365 and you can get bonuses that we're still riding you know we signed up uh last or early early in this year for bet365 we're still riding bonus bets and you the golf, using a bonus bet is the most fun when you use it for a golf tournament. I won't be told otherwise because there's so many chances to hit a 60-unit winner. Like if you go back on the PGA Tour from this past year, you know, the 2023 season, 
there was multiple guys that won at plus 5,000 or more. And you just don't see those, you know, putting together a parlay is always fun. Um, but you know, one bet has a better chance to win than a parlay. That's just straight up facts. And so if you go to bet365, use that code ALLCITY when you sign up, you'll be able to get $150 in free bets when you bet $5. So you can use those $150 and get on to the golf. We got two different tournaments we're previewing this week, which we'll get into in a little bit. Um, but we are picking winners for the DP World Tour Championship, which is this week. A lot of big names in that field. And then also the final PGA Tour event of the season uh, is coming up this weekend. And then we kind of get into this random, uh, you know, Netflix's thing was yesterday. We've got, you know, the, the random like father son where Charlie Woods is going to be popping off again. I just saw a video of him at the high school, Florida State High School Championship chip in and then give a let's go. His voice is deeper than mine, so I'm already feeling uh, this kid's a little like, emasculated. Yeah, this kid's going to be, whether or not he actually gets to the skill level that everybody expects him to, the expectations are through the roof, but the coverage of him, like he might win, Tiger might pass the pip right to Charlie. When Can you win the pip? I guess you have to be on the PGA Tour. I was going to say this kid probably would win it in high school or college golf, wherever he decides to go play, or maybe he just goes straight to some tour somewhere, but we'll have to check back in and look up the Florida state championships and see where he uh, finishes up. But um, use the code all city at bet three, six, five, you're getting those bonuses and able to use them on golf. Like we're going to do every single week over at bet three, six, five. It's a great app. It allows you to bet the each ways, which we do uh, with one click of the button. You can put one unit stake in and it allows you to bet on both. You can choose the places. Uh, you can choose one through five, one through three. Uh, one through 10 is what we usually find our, that's usually our little honey hole right there. So if they get a top 10, they you win your bet. Um, and then if they win it, it, you double it up essentially and get the winning bet plus the top 10. So make sure to check out Bet365. As well as our friends over at Burrito Express. I'm headed down to Arizona soon. I want to play some golf. It's getting... Uh, not that it's not cold here, but in Colorado, we got the a notification that you can officially no longer post your scores in Colorado. So um, it, that means it's that time of the year where you head down to Arizona. And uh, I saw a few Twitter things on this yesterday of like, I think it was Mark the Caddy who we've had on. If you haven't checked out that episode, do it. Uh, I'm, I'm about three fourths the way through his book right now. And the amount of um, similarities there are to life and his life and just life in general and golf are like insanely parallel. Um, but do you think Arizona is the best like warm weather state to go play golf in the off season? Yeah, I don't think there's really any questions about it. Like there's, I would say the East coast more goes towards Florida and the West coast goes more towards Arizona and California. But I know for a fact that the weather is not really as good in Florida in the winter, it can get rainy and windy. You go down to Arizona and it's just like a paradise of 65 degrees, sunny days, 70 degrees. You like sit out by the pool, uh, go grab a burrito from Burrito Express, tee it up, play around to golf. Like there's nothing better than Arizona in the wintertime. You, you go down there January through March. The only 
issue is, is everybody's figured it out how good it is at this point. So it is a very, very popular place to travel, but there's a reason for it because it's, it's the best spot to go in the wintertime. If you're staying in the continental U.S., you can't beat it. You can't beat Arizona and you can't beat Burrito Express breakfast burritos. First thing we do when we get off the plane is head over to Burrito Express when we're in Tempe. That is, uh, that location's phenomenal. It's right on Arizona State's campus, right next to Mill Avenue. Make sure you check them out. They're a huge supporter of Arizona State Athletics uh, and just a great company in general. They're funny to follow on TikTok. Uh, they're cool dudes. They played in one of our tournaments down there in Arizona. Fun to meet them, talk with them. So make sure if you're in Arizona, taking a guy's trip or doing whatever this winter, check out Burrito Express. All right, so we were talking about PGA Tour, and we've got the last event. Real, real quick, can we just touch on this Netflix thing? Uh, uh, I didn't really want to talk about it, but yeah, I mean, it, let's. I mean, I didn't want to talk about it because I didn't really watch it. Uh, full disclosure, I read some articles about it, and I heard it was a complete car crash, if you will. Pardon the pun. Well, yes, that's. Uh, I kind of agree. I didn't really watch that much of it either, but from the the clips that I saw, like you said, it, first of all, it looked like a total clusterfuck. Second of all, it seemed like very forced and like corny. You know what I mean? I just overall, other than the fact that it was like in Vegas. And by the way, have you heard about like the whole Vegas F1 thing? No. So apparently they were building up all this hype for this Vegas race and the the prices for hotels were ridiculous the the prices to go to the race were completely ridiculous and they haven't gotten near the turnout that they were hoping for so now all the prices the prices of the tickets are like one sixth of what they were originally uh the prices of all these hotels have dropped because they're not getting booked out like i i don't want to say the f1 race in vegas is a flop and for the record i don't know shit about f1 like i hardly know enough about golf to talk about it uh but f1 is not something that I'm like particularly into. Um, and I have not watched drive to survive either, which I feel like I need to do and maybe that'll get me into it. But, uh, I just, I, from what I saw, it looked really like corny and forced. Yeah. It, I think the best part about it in general was the sphere. Um, the sphere is like it unreal. It, it's so awesome to, I, now I want to go play golf where you can see that just because of how I know they're like losing their ass on that apparently. Um, but the, just the reaction of like the emoji face to on the sphere when they were hitting shots, I saw a few shots that, um, there was even a tweet from, I believe the PGA tour or something. It was like the sphere approves of this Tony Finau wedge. And it was like looking down at it, incredible architecture, just absolute, you know, when you thought of humanity in 2023, that's what we thought would be happening was a giant, ball that does whatever you're whoever you know i want to control the sphere that's what i want i want one day to be able to do whatever i want on the sphere that that would be unbelievable and you actually can i i looked into the sphere a little bit because i was curious about it uh so guess what it costs to advertise for 30 minutes on the sphere two million dollars Jeez, louise dude chill out it's i think it's like 125 grand for 30 minutes but if you add that up, I, I did like some quick math because I was just looking at it because I think it costs like $3 billion to build or like 2.5, somewhere in that ballpark. Um, but I was looking at it strictly from a business standpoint. 
if they were to sell like every advertising spot for the year at that rate, I think they would make somewhere in the six to $700 million range per year. So when you think about that, and that's only if you're doing it like eight hours a day, if you're doing it 12 hours, it's, it's probably close to a billion dollars a year in just ad revenue, not to mention the concerts they host there, other events, but yes, the, the sphere is something that I want to go check out. Maybe, uh, I'm not going to say do substances, but it seems like you could have a fucking hell of a time there. Um, if you're a little inebriated, a little zoned out and like a giraffe's head is like virtually sticking through the, the wall, looking in at you, like you're on some sort of safari. So yeah, the sphere is something I definitely want to, to venture to at some point. Well, speaking of safari, that's a perfect, uh, perfect little segue into let's talk a little bit about max homa uh winning in south africa dp world tour event uh i didn't realize like i was seeing the posts and even the pga tour got in on it uh they were posting some stuff about max and justin thomas who were on like a safari uh, in africa just with their wives brought them out there and then i didn't like put two and two together until i kind of caught the end of the dp world tour on sunday and max homa was just winning in south africa and then he had a great tweet about it too. Uh, he had a tweet where it was like, "California handshake South Africa places I can win." Yeah, that that tweet was phenomenal. And, and I was in the same boat because I didn't really know. I saw Justin Thomas and Max Homa posting safari pictures, so I figured they were just taking a trip over there with their wives, having fun, and maybe they were just like, "Let's just pop in, play a quick golf tournament," uh, and Max just fucks around and wins the event. Um, but I will say it wasn't the strongest field in the world uh, by any means. Those were the only two dudes that I really recognize their name besides uh, Yannick Paul, uh, one of the CU guys that's from Germany that played at CU. Um, he's on the DP World Tour now and he finished like top 15. So I recognize his name. But other than that, um, there was really not too many recognizable names in the field other than the Hoy guards too. the, uh, Ra I know Rasmus Hoygaard played in it, that real young kid, um, that was on the Ryder cup team. So not a deep field, but I think he made a little over a million dollars. And, uh, this is like one of those iconic venues. Cause it's at Gary players, uh, golf court. Well, it's, I forget exactly the name of the resort, but Gary player owns some golf courses in, in South Africa. So it's at one of his, um, resorts and it legitimately looks like a, a safari paradise like this Spencer do you remember the clip um, I think the DP World Tour puts it back out every year when they're at the Ned Bank uh, but it was Luke Donald getting ran up on by like a baboon in the middle of the golf tournament I don't remember that no but yeah like there's legitimately monkeys running around there's you can see giraffes off in the distance it just looks like the most unbelievable golf course in the world. Like if, if you are into safaris and that type of thing, and you also play golf, that seems like kind of a bucket list destination for golfing. Um, but I always remember watching this tournament growing up. It's kind of one of the bigger fall events. And I think the DP world tour actually does a good job of making their fall, making their like not off season because they're still, um, finishing up their season coming up this next week but they they have events where it feels like there could be a lot of down 
you know, down ratings, downtime. And, and the DP World Tour doesn't get the love it deserves, in my opinion, anyways. But they do a good job of going to these venues that are, are really, like, worth watching, no matter who's in the field. Like, going down to South Africa, genius. They jump all over the place. I think that's kind of what they have going for it, it for the tour itself, is the amount of locations they can go. They, they have so many different things, you know, golf courses they can play at, different cultures, nationalities. Um, so that's like one of my favorite things about the DP World Tour, but just a uh, fun tournament to watch. I, I'll i be real honest, I didn't watch it live, but I watched the highlights. Uh, and Max was out there throwing darts, hitting his irons as well as he always does, and kind of maybe still riding on some of that Ryder Cup success he had. Yeah, the one of the few Americans, but he becomes the fifth American to win uh, Africa's major is what they call it. So the Ned Bank Golf Challenges, and that's like what you spoke to a little bit. It kind of rolls into the fact of they can go to each country, and it's like the biggest thing in that country for that week. Whereas yeah. you know, there's you know six or five or six tournaments in Texas PGA Tour events and. And then, you know, unless you have a major, it's not really that big of a deal to the people that are there. Or you have seven or eight events in Florida. You have two, a couple events in Arizona, a bunch of events in California where it doesn't really resonate with the, the area as much as this is Africa's major, you know, and Max yeah. Homa just goes in there and wins it. Justin Thomas, uh, you know, it's a strong field when Justin Thomas takes fourth. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but he was 12 under for the week. You said the the Hoy guards, Nikolai got second, Rasmus got sixth. Some other names in there, Aaron Rye, Tommy Fleetwood, Adrian Moronk, the, the famous um, European snub. tour, uh, DP World Tour snub of the Ryder Cup team. And then the rest of the names are a bunch of guys. I think uh, Bob Mack had a pretty rough week, a little six over par. Brendan Grace. Um, that's just, he's, what, what did Brendan Grace finish? Cause he's from South Africa. Uh, plus three. Okay. So not, not a great showing from him. No, uh, one round under par was all he could muster. <laughs> but yeah, that, that event itself is like one of my favorites on the DP world tour. Just a really, really cool venue. Um, not, not a lot of people think to, go to South Africa to play golf, but I think they have some of the, the, the most amazing golf in probably the world. Uh, just a completely like something you can't get here in America. You're not going to find like lions and, and tigers. And <laughs> I, I sound like a, a nursery rhyme at this point, uh, but you're not going to find that kind of wildlife on any golf course here in America. So I, I just like that event. I'm happy Max Homa won it. Um, Max is our boy and he just stays winning. He's just got to go to California or South Africa. <laughs> just the, those two places, nowhere else. And not in a major for sure. No, no, no I, major. Oh, I guess maybe this is his first major. Should we give a shout out to Matt Toma on winning his first ever major? Africa's major. Put Africa's it, put it on the wiki page. <laughs> um, that kind of segues us into, Let's get uh, our graphic up for our picks this week. We'll talk about the DP World Tour Championship, and then we'll get into the RSM Classic and what that means for a lot of players. So 
If you're not with us on the YouTube, it's up there. Check it out. Follow us on YouTube. Watch our podcasts on there. Like, subscribe, all those things. So my two picks for the DP World Tour Championship this week are, like you mentioned, a Hoygaard twin, Nikolai. And then I've got Matt Fitzpatrick. Matt Fitzpatrick is plus 1,200. Nikolai Hoygaard Hoygaard is plus 2,500. And once again, these are the each-way bets. Uh, You're getting them to win it, and that's their odds to win it, but you're also getting them uh, we go 1 through 10. So you're getting the top 10. It's the same unit placed on both selections but kind of opens it up to if they play well it's very hard to win a golf tournament it's very hard to pick a winner of a golf tournament so gives us a little bit of leeway there with uh, Matt Fitzpatrick Nikolai Hogard and of course there's very obvious picks this week but if you're new to the show welcome our betting picks we we're not taking favorites generally speaking um, because it doesn't always work out for you in the uh, any odds under a thousand to win a golf tournament or are Tiger Woods, oh, circa 2000s level crazy when he was winning half the events he played in. But it's not like that anymore. There's a lot of talent, a lot of deep fields. Um, so I think Rory and John Rahm are obviously the two guys that everybody's looking at this week for uh, Dubai, which is where this is held at Umaria Golf Estates Earth Course. It's called the Earth Course. That's pretty lit. Yeah, they, they uh, I think they have one of the most like iconic uh clubhouses in the world like it everything in dubai is just absolutely insane uh but my two picks for this week on the dp world tour are tommy fleetwood plus 1400 each way one through ten uh so like spencer said you get him to win then you also get him to top 10 and then shane lowry plus 2800 um a couple of guys that had fairly decent years uh tommy fleetwood can win this event because it's not on the pga tour it's on the dp world tour uh so he's more than capable of winning there and uh shano is just one of my favorite guys i like rooting for him so i went there with that pick love that all right that cycles us into the rsm classic we'll go ahead and give you our picks for that right off the hop uh of course all these picks and odds are courtesy of bet 365 my pick for the RSM Classic is going to be Brian Harmon, plus 1,600. Once again, each way bet, getting places 1 through 10. He played here, uh, played pretty well here last year, of course, now as a major champion. And you always wonder, like, if a guy like a Brian Harmon, for instance, who a year ago today was gr- really grinding out a tournament like the RSM Classic, wants to keep his tour card, all this stuff, now he's played in a Ryder Cup, he's won a major, he's got a completely different outlook on it. And so I'm not as confident in that, but I think he he was still good enough last year to cycle that into this year and allow me to pick him. So Brian Harmon for me this week in the RSM Classic, once again, hungry dogs run the fastest, and I don't know how hungry he is anymore. You just don't know. You know, that's one of the things that on the PGA Tour would be fun to talk to a player, a former player that's won, and find out how much they're still driven by winning. I mean, money is always money, but like when you win, you know, win a P, winning a PGA Tour event is is a lot of work and it's it's everything goes right for you that week because there's so many other guys that are right there. Uh, but like we've seen with Camilo Bijegas, uh he can come back after 10 plus years and win a tournament, but he had some clear motivation for that does Harmon? i don't know but we'll see this week at the rsm and uh 
Sea Island, Georgia, I believe. Great spot for like it's kind of sad that this is such a like low level event in that area, but it is what it is. Yeah, well, he is a Georgia boy, so I think that'll help him. He's kind of playing somewhat of a home game. Um, but yeah, this put this venue is unbelievable. If you get the chance, flip it on the TV. Uh, this weekend, my my choice is our boy Eric Cole. Uh, I feel like we've bet him probably a dozen times this year. And Spencer, have we hit on a bet with him yet? Uh, we've hit some. I've hit some top tens with him, but he hasn't won. So no, technically okay. not. But I've definitely <laughs> hit some top tens. Okay. Well, yes. Back when we were picking like top tens and winners, you know, vice versa. Um, but Eric Cole, he's due for one. He's had a great season. It's kind of a, a lower level field event. Um, I, I could see him going out there and winning it this week. So t- plus 2,800 each way. Uh, so you get both sides of it. But uh, I just can't not bet on the dude at this point, especially in an event like this. It just feels like he's playing too good. Yeah, he's he's in like an auto bet for us. And one day we're going to hit him winning a tournament. But um, have we ever have we ever talked about his story real quick? No, I don't think so. So he kicked it around. I think he's like 33 or 34 now, or maybe 32. He kicked it around on mini tours for 10 years, was this close to giving up the game, was teaching private lessons uh, at a place down in Florida, was basically being hosted by um, one of the country clubs down there, kind of as a favor for him to be able to practice. And he was working there part-time and stuff. But I don't think he had a single like tour start until two years ago and relatively speaking he's kind of set the world on fire uh with his golf game this last season he had multiple top tens got close to winning multiple times so just crazy to me like you see a guy like camillo had all the success still grinded out nine years later wins again but then you have a guy that's literally never had that kind of success never even made it to the pga tour and finally gets there after like 10 11 12 years and eric cole's like now taking full advantage of it so he he is a cool story like i i respect the dude anybody that sticks it out like that is got way more balls than i do because i i gave up pretty quickly yeah well he's probably gonna win pga tour rookie of the year this year because of all the like rules of how many tournaments you have to play to be eligible for rookie of the year etc but there's a really good chance he wins rookie of the year as like a 33, 34 year old. I was going to say his new balances and joggers. (laughs) Well, they're, they're foot joys at no free ads, but they are those like foot joy, old school classics that uh, we always talk shit about growing up. They look like, like legit. When I say tennis shoes, like actual like shoes you play tennis in Um, they're just clunky, old school looks like the 1970s but that shit's back in now so yeah he his style is not my favorite but he's also like very fit and can kind of pull it off unlike me um so i i'm not gonna be rolling out there in joggers and those goofy ass shoes because i need all the help i can get i'm going all black the whole way um oh what else was i gonna say about eric cole just slipped my mind um i i can't remember but He's uh he's due for a win. He's gonna win at some point. Um and oh, this is what I was gonna say. Him winning uh rookie of the year at 33 is like, you know, in the NHL, there'll be guys that have played for like two or three years, but they've only played 
you know, a handful of games. And then they have like a breakout year when they actually play a lot when they're like 26 and they give them rookie of the year. Yeah. It's, oh, it's the same thing. It's there's, yeah, and that's like semi comparable, but there's nothing compared to like, you could have just start burning it up mid thirties at golf and like win a, you know, win a PGA tour event or be, start being competitive on the PGA tour. And he's, he's ridden a few of the like, Oh, it's cute that Eric Cole's in this field and playing well. I still remember that tournament. I, I forget which one it was, but I remember when he was like in the top five and they're like, oh, and then they got into his story. And and now he's like a perennial top 20 every, you know, mid-level, lower-level tour event, um, which yeah. takes us to the RSM Classic, which is the fall finale um, where players, basically it's their last chance to get on and get their status for 2024. So how it works, the top 50 players are already locked in. 51 to 60 is known as the next 10. So the the guys that finish from 51 to 60 will earn exemptions for 2024's Pebble Beach Pro-Am and the Genesis Invitational, which are two of the three two of the first three signature events on the PGA Tour in 2024. Um also at stake is getting into the top 125 of the FedEx Cup standings. All Everyone in the top 125 of the FedEx Cup standings earns full status for the 2024 uh, tour season, which means entry into every single full field event. So not the elevated events now called the signature events, um, but the top 125 get to get into all of the other events that are not those signature ones, which have... Kind of, it's like the NBA in-season tournament where they've created these bigger, you know, bigger purses. But those tournaments mean a little more now. They're not on a major level, but it's not like you have every PGA Tour event and then you have the four majors. It's now there's 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 levels to this shit now. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it definitely means there's something to play for for guys uh, this week, and actually. Can we get to that Ben Griffin TikTok? Because it's just hilarious, like the microcosm of uh, how big of a shit show the PJ Tour is. Um, and we don't even actually do we need to watch the whole TikTok? It's it's kind of a long drawn out story. Um, well, let's I would let just... him get into it and then you can kind of wrap it up. Okay. So this is Ben Griffin. All right, so last week I showed you guys a pretty smooth travel day to Cabo for the Worldwide Technologies Championship, but it's not always like that. So I'm gonna tell you guys a story about what happened today to PGA Tour players. I'm gonna preface this by saying that this situation did not happen to me. However, because I have this platform, I wanna inform you guys on what players are currently dealing with. So as you guys can imagine, getting from Bermuda to St. Simons Island, Georgia, isn't necessarily the easiest. So the tour a couple months ago offered a charter, which uh, allowed players and caddies to pay a fee, players being 800, caddies 400, player family 800, um, just to have a direct flight and get to the next tournament. This is not the equivalent of a private jet. This is probably more equivalent to a Spirit Airlines plane. No first class, no comfortable seats, just seats going from one place to another. Also, I want to mention that this is the final event of the year here in St. Simons Island, a very important week on two different golf courses, and a lot of the players are trying to play two practice rounds on both the courses before the event starts. So Dana and I were both supposed to be on the charter, but I want to walk you guys through where things started to go wrong. 
On Friday, players, wives, and significant others received an email from the tour saying that they were now standby passengers and needed to find alternative transportation to try to get to St. Simons Island. And this is a problem because there isn't alternative transportation into Jacksonville and to Brunswick Airport and to Savannah. There's no options on Saturday as well as Sunday. A matter of fact, there is one option on Monday after the event with what seems to be about a six or seven hour layover for $800 and probably not many seats left at this point. Fortunately for Dana and I, we randomly booked a flight three months ago on Monday, American Airlines with a layover in Miami to get to Jacksonville in the early afternoon. And after flying today, I realized that I was the only player that had that option. And I wasn't gonna leave Dana, so obviously I decided to travel with her and forfeit the charter. Now let's get to the part where things get really bad. <laughs> so players had to drop off all of their luggage by 6 a.m. this morning and hop on a shuttle at 7 a.m. to take the charter, which was scheduled to be at 10.30 a.m. Those flying on the charter got to the airport, apparently check-in lasted close to three hours, but no big deal. Still getting through security, they're gonna get to the flight and hopefully everything takes off on time. But all the players and everyone get to the gate and there's no one there. And there's a plane, but it doesn't look like anyone's taking any sort of care of it. Let's flash forward. It's probably 1130 at this point. Players are very confused. And someone from the staff says, oh yeah, you guys aren't flying out until at least 1 p.m. And let's not forget that Bermuda Airport's very small. There's no restaurants. There's a little tiny place where you can get a few snacks. Players and everyone are just kind of waiting around hungry. Let's also keep in mind there's no tour officials, no one with the PGA Tour even overlooking this, even though they're the ones that were in charge of booking the flight and receiving money from all the people on it. Flash forward, we're now at about 1.30 p.m. and we think that everyone's gonna get on the flight, uh, but there's still no pilots, there's still no uh, flight attendants, there's no one there yet. Two o'clock, there's hope. They start the boarding process, pilots are there, everyone's there and everyone starts to board by this point, 2.30, everyone's on the plane. And another reminder, we're at the last event of the year. Guys are trying to keep their tour cards. Guys are trying to fight their way into these signature events next year. They need to play practice rounds. There's a pro-am on Wednesday, but the guys that are around the bubble aren't necessarily in that pro-am. They're gonna have one day to maybe play 30, try to play 36 holes or walk one of the 18s. It's gonna be a mess. All right, so players have been waiting 30 minutes on the plane, not to mention, Apparently there was a strong odor. Something did not smell very good. So it was 30 minutes, ended up being another hour of every, all the passengers staying on the plane. Once everyone lands in Jacksonville, uh, they actually had to wait even longer, wait until 5 p.m. to get off the plane and add another hour for customs and wait a long time for bags. Players and passengers were able to leave Jacksonville Airport approximately 6.30 p.m. Getting from Jacksonville Airport to St. Simons Island is a little over an hour, so Guys are just getting in right now. I don't wanna come off as a complainer. However, I do wanna use this opportunity um, to shine light on the fact that the PGA Tour needs to be accountable. There's players on this flight that their jobs are on the line. This is an extremely important week. And a lot of the players that were in Bermuda trying to get to this event are the ones that are on the bubble. They're trying to chase something and this is not okay. Players missed a full day of practice when they shouldn't have and paid a lot of money to try to have this direct flight. It's not good. Icing on the okay. cake, there's been yeah. no apologies. There's been no contact from any people with the PGA Tour offering an apology about this event today. Let me know what you guys think of this. So Ben Griffin is basically 
somewhat of a TikTok golf influencer, I guess. Like he posts a bunch of cool TikToks and shit. But I actually respect him using this platform to kind of call the PGA Tour out on their bullshit because this sounds like some sort of Firefest scenario where they take your money and then they basically don't get you. It it sounds like they got put on a Spirit Airlines flight, basically, and they just paid more than they would have to get on Spirit. Like, how fucking ridiculous is that? I would have been so pissed off. Well, yeah, and just having when you have an event in somewhere like Bermuda and you have a PGA Tour event, you have to plan for these things and know. Obviously, they know when it's on the schedule. They know that guys are trying to get to St. Simons Island or Jacksonville that the following week. And one thing he mentioned, the RSM Classic is a double course event. So there's two different courses that guys are going to be playing Thursday and Friday. So it's not like you know, one course that they're pretty familiar with or they can get out and play a practice round, maybe play it twice on Tuesday, like he was talking about. So now there's going to be a lot of these guys that are, like he said, job is on the line. This is the last week for them to try to get in the top 125 and continue to have full PGA Tour status for next year. And they're getting dicked around by the tour and these planes and, and their charters and all this stuff. And, you know, it's... You do hear about this occasionally, on mostly on TikTok now, but just professional organizations and that certain uh, certain organizations take care of their players way better than others. And I think it's something that you don't really hear about when it's good necessarily. You know, you're not like, oh, this this team really took care of this player. It's more the opposite. But it sounds like a full on firefest scenario for a lot of these guys that had no clue if they were going to be able to make it. No, now they're, you know, in St. Simons Island. They got to try to play practice rounds today. Uh, or they're, today's the pro-am, so they can't. Uh, now they're just going to, you know, go out there and essentially fucking wing it tomorrow. Yeah. Uh, if you were to tell me that, like, any NBA team or NFL team pulled this kind of shit, and then on top of it they charged the players to take the flight, that blows my mind. The fact that they can't even provide free transportation. It's not free, but they can't provide transportation to these players and are actually charging them. It almost makes it seem like the PJ tour is the biggest crock of bullshit, like organization probably in, in America. Um, they're 501 C bullshit and their nonprofit organization. Like who set up this fight? Who's responsible like Ben said, there's not a single official there to oversee any of it. Uh, nobody apologized. Nobody reached out. Like, who put this together even? Whose job is this? Uh, but it's just, it's it's kind of an encapsula- encapsulation of this last year, you know, with all this shit with Jay Monahan coming out. And uh, basically, the, the PGA Tour not wanting to be exposed to show people the books, uh, the back end of how they run things, where the money comes from, yada, yada. But this is just another one of those things where it's like, if you really thought the PJ tour had any integrity, you'd be wrong. So, uh, th- it just cracked me up. Like I, I would be so fucking pissed off and I'm n- not even a PJ tour player, but if United did this, if any airline I took did this, I would be so annoyed, but it's the fucking PJ tour that's setting this up. Can't even run it. they can't get drinks they can't get anything to eat at the airport and then you sit around taxiing somebody sounds like they shit their pants on the plane uh so it just horrible scenario all the way around for those guys 
Yeah, and it'll be... I wonder if anything comes out after this week where, like, you know, we saw um, uh, Shad Tutton losing his, you know, losing his chance at the Corn Ferry Tour, go, going to the PGA Tour because of a on-course blunder. Uh, and then we'll see what happens next week when, you know, a guy falls from 125 and out of the top, you know. So 125, the guy sitting at 125 right now is Carl Wan. And then Henrik Norlander at 126. Uh, Troy Merritt's at 123, Doug Gim 121. So, guys like that, I mean, it's uh, it's it's do or die time for them here at the RSM Classic. So we'll we'll see what they make of it. Well, and the sad fact of the matter is, is you're probably not going to hear any of these names. They're probably going to shoot fucking a pair of 74s and be out of it before the weekend even starts. Like, if you're not prepared and you're not ready to play these golf courses, you're not going to have near as good of a shot as a dude that's played there 10 times. So just shitty thing by the tour to do. Um, nice of them to offer, I guess, offer to charter a flight that you need to pay for that's late, uh, that somebody shit their pants on that you can't get any food on. Um, that that just sounds like an absolute joke. I, I just, I don't even know if I could put into words as a PGA Tour player, like that'd be like sending a, a public bus to go pick them up it just blow, it blows my mind which they probably would have done if it wasn't over water maybe they <laughs> yeah. even tried they're like submarine hey we'll hop hop on this fucking submarine we'll get you to jacksonville florida yeah if we spot. uh we we can charter you a boat it'll take three days to get there and we'll charge you a thousand bucks like give me a fucking break man that's unbelievable we'll we'll arrive on uh wednesday night just in time yeah. for your tea time yeah. Um, all right. So we are debuting a new segment on this podcast. Mitchell's little brainchild here, Mulligan of the Week. Uh, basically, like I said earlier, we're going to talk about something that happened in our week and wish we could have it back. Now that I think about it, I think we're going to get Marissa in on this going forward. We won't put her on the spot, but we'll have we need her to have a Mulligan of the Week too. Um, yeah. Because it's fun to hear like random shit happening to you. But I'll start us off this week. So. My mulligan of the week, which I wish I had back. So right now, uh, my kid is great. Uh, I love him, but you know he's a kid. He's four months old, so he doesn't have really control of his bowels or his life. And right now in his diaper bag, we have a few size ones that we're getting through. Um, he's fully in the size twos, but the size ones are what we have in his diaper bag. We haven't got used them all. Um, and so we got a bunch of size ones, and I changed him before the Broncos-Bills game on Monday night. We're at the bar. We're having a good time. Mitchell was out here in Denver hanging out with me. Uh, we went to the bar, DNVR bar to watch the game. Having a good time. Broncos are winning. I'm shaking this kid up after he's ate dinner in his size one diaper, which is too small. And the kid shit everywhere all over me. My nice white sweater, John Elway fire <laughs> Duke of Denver sweater. There was shit on it. There was shit all over my jeans. And I knew it was happening. That's the worst part. The shit even on got me. on my jeans and I didn't I, somehow, I don't know how exactly how it teleported there, but I did not touch the guy <laughs> I, covered in I, shit. I, and I, I looked down and there's shit on like my kneecap. I'm like, how did, did it fly across the table? I'm literally sitting there and I can feel it. And I'm like, oh God. And this is like, Broncos are driving to win the game, so I'm not going to take him to the bathroom. You know, this is like, this is a serious, this is do or die stuff here. 
So I just sat him on my lap and ate shit literally and figuratively um, until we could get him out to the car after the game and change him. But I definitely wish I had back his diaper bag before and put those size two diapers in there because then I actually saw a commercial yesterday. I think Pampers or Huggies is coming out with something called a blowout barrier in the diapers. <laughs> and I really wish I had a had a blowout barrier that night because that was a disaster. I would probably consider one of those for, you know, various sporting events or things that I don't want to get up from. Um, so my mulligan this week that I would have taken, uh, I was boarding the plane yesterday to come back here to New Jersey. And, you know, when you have your AirPods in and you're listening to something and you can't really hear what somebody else is saying, but you just act like you can hear them and you're like, yeah, like, it can't be anything like that consequential, like, you know, you're not give it, you're not receiving orders. So anywho, I'm getting on the plane and I like just step foot onto the plane, you know, when the flight attendants are right there. And apparently this, this flight attendant, she's trying to go give like mimosas and waters to everybody in first class. Um, so she like mouths to me something. I'm like, oh yeah, sure. Um, so she basically what she was trying to do was to have me stop where I was like at the very entrance. And so she could go pass these out and then come back and not have to file through a million people in the aisle. I didn't hear a word she said. I was just like, Oh yeah, yeah, it sounds good. And so then I just follow her all the way up the aisle. She hands everything out. She turns around and she goes, I thought we had a deal. Like she was like, and I'm like, Oh, like, Oh fuck. I was like, I'm so sorry. And then I see all, she's like, stepping around all these people trying to get back down the aisle. Like it wasn't that big of a deal, but I just knew that she was looking at me the rest of the flight. Like, fuck that guy. Like, and I, I mean, I wasn't sitting in the back of the plane, but I definitely wasn't in first class. Um, she walked by me a few times, probably threw me some dirty looks. I was like, I didn't hear a fucking word you said. Like, and I think it's partially too, when you try to talk to somebody with AirPods in, you have to fully get that, there's a good chance they don't know what the fuck you're saying. You know, like I understand that boarding a flight, you probably shouldn't have headphones in. Like maybe you need to be aware and like hearing shit. I just didn't hear any of it. So uh, I felt bad. I wish I could have gone over and I realized it like halfway through. I'm like, I'm just following her up the aisle. Like I don't, I thought she was trying to say something like, can I cut in right here real quick or whatever? I was like, Oh yeah. Yeah. Like I, I don't even know if words came out of my mouth, but yeah, I, I fucked that one up. So, uh, honorable mention for the first week of Mulligan of the week, Mitchell, uh, was out here, like I said, and he got hit with a car twice. Um, <laughs> I hit him with my car leaving the airport and, um, Kylie the best also part, backed real up. Quick. Well, well, let me say the other guy that you can get in, you can okay. get in detail. So Kylie was waiting for Mitchell to get in the back passenger or back driver side door it was still open he wasn't in the car yet and she just started backing up so the door is fucking like sucking him in and he's like oh, I'm, not, I'm not in the car yet i'm not in the car yet i was just like not in the car not in the car like <laughs> what what else do you say when somebody's backing up with the door open and i'm like getting pushed by the car door i was like fuck i was i was and i was like hung over as shit on sunday morning if I mean, you know, when you're just not in your right state of mind, but when you hit me, you literally had like, we've already talked about Spencer's lack of awareness while he's driving. 
but I legitimately was getting bags out of the driver's side rear seat and walking around the truck. Like you could have, I guarantee you, I was right in the middle of your side mirror. If you just would have looked over, Spencer just throws it in reverse. I'm behind the truck. And all of a sudden I feel his truck, like some just like pushing me out. And I'm like, what the fuck? And luckily it wasn't fast. Cause I'm like, Spencer, you just fucking hit me with your truck. And classic Spencer fashion. He goes, where else is I supposed to go? I'm like anywhere, but fucking into me, you, you could go forward. You could go sideways, like, or you could just wait for me to get onto the sidewalk. Spencer couldn't even wait for me to get out of the car before he was trying to fucking drive away. Like he was saying, Oh, I'm going to miss you this and that. And then he just, <laughs> before I can even get onto the sidewalk into the airport, he's pulling out. Like, yeah, well, you, you don't, you don't need to hit me with your truck again, please. There's no excuse for this. I will admit that. But I will say just the generality of airports and being around them and in my car stresses me out to the max. And there was like those 80-year-old dudes in, that parked like caddy corner to me that blocked me in, why, which is the reason I had to back up in the first place. Trying to get out of there as quick as I can. Don't like airports. Don't like driving in my car around them. So I was extremely distracted. But my apologies for hitting you with your my car and... Hopefully it doesn't happen again. Okay. Well, yes, I have one other honorable mention and it was when I was leaving the airport and I had to Uber home. Um, I started a conversation like kind of just small talk with the Uber driver. He talked for 45 minutes. Oh, like, no. yeah, just the entire time. Um, and he told me he was a uh, day trader. And so I was like, okay, so you day trade and you drive for Uber. It sounds like, uh, day trading is very lucrative for you. And he was just <laughs> going, <laughs> he was a nice guy, but he's just going off about all this random shit. And I just, and there was a few times where I, I couldn't hear him. And I was like looking at my phone and I was, that's I wasn't, I, yeah, I was like, Oh dude, that's crazy. That's, I just probably said that like eight times. Uh, but yeah, that's, that's an honorable mention. I just should have shut the, should have had my AirPods in. He said a few words. I acknowledge him. We go. And you're done. Um, yeah. Well, that was some great, uh, great first rendition, if you will, of Mulligan of the Week. And with some great honorable mentions, we'll have this segment either every week or every other week. We'll switch between some fairways or four. We'll figure it out, feel it out. Uh, we appreciate you all tuning in. If you're not subscribed to the YouTube, go ahead and do that. YouTube.com, Big Drive Energy Golf. Subscribe on there. Get to see our beautiful faces. If you're listening to this pod on whatever platform, iTunes, Spotify, SoundCloud. Uh, make sure to give us a thumbs up or give us a rating. Helps our pod out. We appreciate you all listening. Enjoy the RSM Classic. Enjoy the DP World Tour Championship. Hopefully our Big Bet Energy picks hit. And we will talk to you next week. Enjoy your weekend. Peace. Peace. Peace.